Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Foster Inclusion Podcast, and thank you so much for joining me. I'm your host, Saida Gomez Fleury. This episode is part one of a two part casual but candid conversation with my French husband about Bitcoin and identity. You'll hear about how our different identities have influenced our approach to Bitcoin, and you'll have the opportunity to listen in on one of our many ongoing discussions about identity. Can you introduce yourself to everyone? Sure. Hi, so my name is Fred. I'm uh, born and raised in France. Uh, I am 44 years old. I spent uh, all my youth in the same town in the north of France, a city called Rouen. And uh, then I moved uh, to Canada after I met my wife in France. Oh, the lady who now is my wife uh, in France. I moved to join her. Then I spent uh, six years in Canada with her. And we together moved to Switzerland 13 years ago we became uh, wife and husband uh, after that. And well, <laughs> with a lot of pauses and interruptions in between. Yeah, that was not a straightforward journey. <laughs> yeah. that, the destination, that's all that matters. So, yeah. yeah, and that's that's it. So, um, like, so you basically spent most of your formative years in France. Oh, all of them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because you were in your twenties before you actually like left France, I think. Yeah, yeah, I left France, so I was what twenty-four years old, I think. Mm. And this is actually quite interesting. So, so we have to kind of speak about your demographic characteristics as well, because I think that this also informs our um, approach to a new technology, something like Bitcoin. I identify as female, I identify as black, I'm Anglophone, um, what else? So that's like basically um, like just an overview of my demographic characteristics. What about you? So I identified, uh, I identify, sorry, as a male, I identified as being white and uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, so we are a mixed couple on so many levels like (laughs) linguistically physically you know from a gender aspect we have a child together and it's funny because um we've been talking about bitcoin for a few years now and we've had so many conversations and it occurred to me like fairly recently that one of the reasons why we seem to have will we had in the past conflicting opinions and approaches is that our identities kind of informed how willing we were to be curious about this technology and to be curious about learning more and then eventually deciding whether to invest in it. So can you tell everyone when you first learned about Bitcoin? Yeah, sure. Uh, And just before that, I forgot to mention, I identify myself as a francophone Francophone person, and I hear, and not only from my wife, that I'm very French. He's very, very French. We both became Swiss recently, and I think my husband has has. I, I was going to say made progress, but that would be a uh, that would be sort of implying that there's something wrong with being French. <laughs> 
But, yeah, uh, <laughs> but yes, sorry, I cut you off. Go ahead. No, it's okay. So just the, the first time I heard about Bitcoin was actually from you. Uh, and I don't remember when. I think I think it's when you went to that conference in Zug and uh, you mentioned to me about cryptocurrency. I think that was the very first time I heard about it. I mean, I, I probably have read it somewhere before that and I might have heard about it, but I paid absolutely no attention to it. And I didn't pay a whole lot of attention when you mentioned it to me for the first time, but that's the first recollection I have of hearing, hearing about it. And I learned about Bitcoin, um, so before um, participating as a volunteer in the Crypto Valley, with the Crypto Valley Association in Zug. And I actually heard about it because um, I got into listening to podcasts and I saw that RT, Russian Television, had a series of podcasts. So I just put them on and thought, hey, why not? You know, I might get a different perspective or learn something new. And I actually started listening to the Kaiser Report and I started to hear about this thing called Bitcoin. And, and what really fascinated me is that they, they through all of their reports, they look at the, the sort of social and economic implications of applying this, of applying this, new, uh, this new technology. And I just thought, oh my God, this is so fascinating. Like I, I need to learn more. So then, uh, like I, I continued and I, I, I volunteered and I tried to like learn as much as possible in order to make an informed decision, knowing that I, I come from a non-technical perspective. And then I brought it to you, and I have to admit that when I first told you about it, I perceived your reaction to be, "Saida, you're crazy." Like, no, 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 that was fair. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, because I think actually the second time I heard about it was several years after when you went to the cryptocurrency uh, summit, or I can't remember the name, and that you told me actually, yeah, maybe you should consider buying some. And in between, I didn't pay attention whatsoever to Bitcoin or cryptocurrency. I mean, yeah, yeah I think it's fair to say almost not, nothing whatsoever. And uh, yeah, when you mentioned that to me initially, I mean, you were all excited about it and telling me about all the like fantastic thing that it means and i was like okay fine yeah that looks great and let's just keep on putting money on our second pillar and make sure that <laughs> yeah. we are covering but yeah so i i didn't pay attention really in between and uh the, yeah that the second time was only when you mentioned it to me and you actually asked me to consider buying some so i think that um when i like first started to talk about uh, Bitcoin. I spoke a lot about the social implications that a decentralized um, blockchain system can bring to many, many people. And I think that because of my exposure and because of my identity, I saw a lot of advantages for people who, for example, um, it, depending on where they live, like, you know, I have friends and family in the Caribbean and I know that their interest rates are much higher than what we have access to here in Switzerland, for example. Like, I saw a lot of opportunities for people who um, I would say are kind of underserved by the financial system. Like, I didn't see it as, as a full-on, like, revolutionary, but I did see um, opportunities for greater equality for more people through Bitcoin. And I think that that pitch 
to you specifically, having grown up in France, and uh, like I think it's fair to say that you grew up with a uh, with a decent sense of trust in the French government. I think that that approach probably wasn't ideal for you. Oh yeah, no, clearly. I mean, yeah. So yes, growing in France, I mean, there is. I mean, France as a country has certain views on uh, the the role of of state and of our social system and. And it worked really well for me, like just very selfishly, it worked <laughs> very well for me. I never had, not only the French system, it's my family and, and uh, yeah, basically the conditions under which I grew up. I never faced financial challenges. So I'm like, yeah, why try something when what I have works well so far? And, and so that's one aspect and that's very personal. That's actually my uh, my selfishness, I would say, that uh, is, is quite present in everything I do. And uh, yeah, because it didn't, I don't need it. Therefore, why would it be needed almost? And, uh, and then the other element is like in the French culture, I would say that, so we say no a lot. We, we are very <laughs> negative in general. And it's almost like we test by the negative approach. So like we have to be sure that we present all the reasons why it's not going to work, even if we invent some reasons sometimes, that's okay. And like have a very negative approach. And when all our negative points are being like demolished and proven to be wrong, then all of a sudden the French person that I'm like, I say, hey, that sounds like a good idea. But I, I have a tendency personally, I won't speak on all French people, but I think there is a commonality on all French people on that is like to to start from the, the negative side to a certain extent of, of things. So here's where like the conversation started with Bitcoin um, and like from a non-technical perspective, again, the social implications or the socioeconomic implications of Bitcoin between my husband, Fred and me. And here's where the conversation started to deviate from Bitcoin and touch more on like our, yeah, our, the way we've navigated through life and therefore how, how we perceive things. Um, so, you know, when, so when, well, when I told Fred, I'm all excited, I'm like, Hey, you know, there's this great thing and it works on a blockchain technology and it works like this. And he was like, no, that's impossible. Like, <laughs> I, I actually felt rejected, you know, and I, I went through the whole phase of like, I know he loves me. Okay. That's fine. But like, is he shutting me down because like, uh, because of who I am? Is it because I'm a woman? Is it because he's got like unconscious bias? Is it no, all it's just because things? he's French. <laughs> <Yeah. it. laughs> and of course, like, um, like I, I mean, I consciously go through these steps and I try to do it so that I, I don't overreact and I can like check myself as well. You know, like, am I, am I just like overreacting to the situation? But this is a conversation that's lasted for a few years now. <laughs> yeah. But it's not the only one that has been lasting for a few years, so it's okay. And every time I, 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 I come back to a, a conclusion that our identities really um, are, are sort of very important in, in whether we, are open to this new uh, this this new way of of like storing value or this new medium of exchange or or if it, it's something else you know and so I I thought it would be great to have this conversation just to like 
to, to hash it out a little bit more. Like one thing that you say that strikes me is, um, is uh, actually you don't say it specifically, it's kind of indirectly. Like when you speak, I hear that you've grown up with confidence in your social system. Yes, I, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm a huge, I'm, I'm really a big believer in a very bad world in, for, in North America, but in socialism. Like I am, I, I admire countries like France, but there are many others that have, that are working hard to make sure that certain pillars of society are owned by state. So school, hospitals, these are the main two ones, for instance, that always come to my mind that, yeah, that's why you pay taxes. It's to make sure that the health of the people, regardless of your income, and the education of the people, regardless of your income, is accessible to everyone. Um, and it is far from being perfect in France. Okay, there is a lot of, uh, yeah, a lot of, uh, I don't know. There is a, it's not a fully, fully equal system whatsoever in France. But the, I like the aspiration, and there are parts where it works actually quite well. Like from a health standpoint, everybody can go to a hospital in France. And yeah, so I have that embedded in me i grew up with that uh and, and it's a strong value that i have and and that paints a picture to me of it's not everybody everything that is managed by the state or the government or they is bad <laughs> they. <laughs> the, the, they, like these evil people no there is there is good stuff in there and, and actually it's like through years and years and years of people asking for it that it became reality right it's not like state just appeared one day and it becomes day and everything no actually people ask for that over the years and then it evolves and uh, yeah i i believe in that the, I, and the thing too is that like because uh, i mean i've worked with many french people uh, you know and frequently i always hear the french revolution coming back you know and it's almost like this 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 like this impending threat over government. Like if you step out of line, you know, like the revolution will come back. You yeah, know? <laughs> because before revolution, and I mean, as you know, I just read like a whole lot about, not a whole lot, I, mean, I read three books about 19th century in France. And before French revolution, we're talking about a thousand and four hundred years of a king. And then you have French revolution and you have republic. And one thing that most people probably would agree with, at least in France, is like, we don't want kingdom anymore. That's for sure. So we prefer what happened after. So that's why this pivotal moment for in the history of the country is always this like very important element that came up. It's like there is 1,400 years before, and then there is about two to 300 years after, and the after is better than the before. So... We don't want to go back there. Yeah, it's it's and it's so so you guys are going to witness an ongoing like another ongoing discussion that we have, and it's like for me as an outsider to France, I lived there for one year. Um, I've worked with French people. I've like yeah been just been around a lot of French people for uh, 20, 22 years now. Yeah. Wow. God. Anyway. And that's okay. <laughs> yeah. You should be very lucky. <laughs> but to me, the weird thing is that even though um, your culture is very grounded in the French Revolution today, 
there is still this very strong, strong patriarchy that oh, yeah. has males, and I would say like white French males at the center of everything. And so I always like, and, and I hear frequently all of these French paradoxes, but I always wonder like how that, how the two can exist in, in someone's mind. Like how on the one hand you can think about the revolution and like if government gets out of line, then the revolution, another revolution can happen. And then on the other hand, how everyone explicitly, implicitly through behaviors, through words, I mean the French language in general, I know that there are measures being taken in order to make it a little more gender neutral, but the French language in general is extremely misogynistic. So like how how do the two exist together? Well, first of all, it exists, it's easier to, for the existence of that is easier when you are a white man, which I am, a French white man. So obviously- um, Just, sorry, I'm, I'm cutting you off very briefly. As you can hear, he's cool with that. Like, yeah. <laughs> there's no like uh, self-flagellation or anything. Oh, Fred no. is basking oh, no. in his white maleness. Yeah, it's okay. It's, it's okay. <laughs> I, I did it very well. But so, so, so that's that's one aspect of it. And there is, it comes back to a previous point I mentioned, the fact that I find like I at least, and I think in France, there is always this culture we know what we have as a people and we do, it's selfishness to me. We don't want to let it go, right? Mm. At the same time, after all the conversations we had about uh, decentralization enabled by Bitcoin when it comes to the financial system and the very strong social, sometimes communist uh, movements that happen in France, that resonates, right? Yeah. But it's just, Initially, you're like, nah, don't don't rock the boat. I mean, the boat is going well for me, so don't oh, don't yeah. bring this like whatever new stuff that is so exciting where it looks like I have more to lose than to win. Yeah. And at the same time, it is a structural change potentially. I mean, it's an enabler of a structural change that is appealing from these aspects as a French person. I mean, yeah, it's like decentralization, giving more power to the people. Mind you, this is very French too, right? Because it's like more power to the French people. That's you see, it's, when it's you are like, in France, it's like when you hear people, it means French people. It's not the world, okay? But but oh, we claim it is for the world. I mean, we yeah. Anyway, it goes but, into. But France is the world. It's not the world. It's the center of the world. That's, yeah. that's okay, we're center. playing off stereotypes yes. here. He doesn't I, really believe no, that. Yeah. But that's. I mean the. Where I find coming back to the introduction of what you mentioned, like the, the intersection between diversity and, and Bitcoin, diversity, equality, and inclusion, and Bitcoin, that's really what it is. I mean, for me, my perception is my initial perception was I don't need it because I'm good. Therefore, why would I bother with, bother with something that is not needed? I didn't have at all your perspective about. Yeah, the inequality of the existing system and how this could be a tool to help address this inequality because I, I don't really want to look at it to yeah. if I'm very honest with myself. Like I'm, as I said, I'm That's I claim it, right? I'm I'm a French male. I, I live I'm a French white man and I'm a selfish person. Like it's it's very honest and transparent. So <laughs> like my selfishness drives me toward that. And then I have the attraction at one point to see like the principal idea of like more of a 
decentralization aspect. And then my wife brought me to what I think is the right path, is to look at it is actually an opportunity to bring more equality across the world. And yes, maybe like a profile of individual like me might not be the one, the most benefiting, even though it's not really true, I say, but it's, the, the, it is, I am not the, the profile who will, who will react the strongest to this very appealing value proposition because I'm good now. Yeah, and it's yeah. more appealing for other people that are not as good yeah. now, to a certain extent. The decentralization aspect for you is not what will, what will entice you to want to learn more about no. blockchain. Whereas for me, like, uh, so, uh, you know, like I mentioned, I started by listening to Max Kaiser and the Kaiser Report. And then I saw the, the price fluctuations of, uh, of Bitcoin and, and then I, and then the polarized responses to it, I was like, oh my God, what is this? Like, this is really, really cool. Well, that's it for part one. Thank you so much for joining us. Part 2 will be coming up soon. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach me at saida at fosterinclusion.com. That's S-A-I-D-A-H at F-O-S-T-E-R-I-N-C-L-U-S-I-O-N dot com. Visit my website at www.fosterinclusion.com. Bye.